a lot of other people right now believe that relationships aren't important and relationships aren't a priority you know i'm just gonna do i'm just gonna do me and i'm gonna do this okay and look what happened to society look what happened to culture so when you sit here and you pray for marriage relationship family and you're like oh my god my prayer is you know this is a stupid prayer life is so good i, I shouldn't be praying this stuff my why would god care about my prayer like that it's, I'm, it's a stupid prayer no it's a really important prayer Yah does care about what we care about. And we care about love and relationships, which will eventually blossom and bloom into marriage, which will eventually blossom and bloom into families, which will eventually blossom and bloom into more, more people having that. And then more people will have happiness and therefore more ha less broken homes and therefore less broken society. So even though the prayer for a husband seems stupid, and not for a husband like any husband, meaning if a prayer... For your situation with the relationship with a man or this man, it seems spoiled or like, why would y'all care? It's like, because by fulfilling, by creating one kingdom marriage at a time, you're changing the world. Because I still don't see how marriages change the world, but they do. Obviously. So... I, I think of that whole train of thought anytime I hear in my mind like, oh, that's a stupid prayer. Why would he care about you praying about some dude? And it's like, because if this person is going to be your kingdom marriage, then yeah, he cares. Yes, he cares. Because there's a ripple effect from that. And the enemy knows it too. So you could choose to be in gratitude about all the other blessings he's given you. And that's amazing. And that's what that's will keep you in obedience. That will keep you in awe and reverence and gratitude. But don't feel bad because you're praying for the one thing that you think you perceive you don't have. Meanwhile, look at everything else you do have. You are, you are in your season of receiving an abundance. You literally don't even try and you get job offers. Like you literally did absolutely nothing. Someone just came to you, recognized your worth, and then offered you a job. Like what does that even do? You're literally, you got an extra $2,700 randomly at the perfect time when you needed it. You got somebody willing to give you like $1,000 like tomorrow to do nothing, to do absolutely nothing. It was too good to be true that you even, you just rejected it because you were like, no way, it's too good to be true. That's way too good to be true. What is the, what is the odds that this is just going to be a peaceful encounter and I just get handed $1,000, another just right off the bat. God just keeps pushing, keeps, keeps providing. So it's, it's just like, I, I don't know how to explain it. That I feel, I feel angry at myself for even feeling that feeling of sadness over the situation with the person. Because with all the beautiful things, I'm in active blessing mode. Activate blessing mode. I literally, I made it. This, I am living what I prayed for. But I want to focus on the one thing that, one, you're looking at it wrong. Because if you are in a season of abundance and blessing, sis, that this is it too.
That's it too. I don't care that you don't know how that is a blessing and it's in abundance. I don't care that you're like, well, I didn't see. Yeah, so you just haven't seen it played out yet. I, I bet, watch what's happening. And I bet it's just as amazing as everything else that's amazing that's been going on for you and with you and to you. And it's like, well, why couldn't I, why can't I keep up this feeling? It's like, because you are attached and you cared about the outcome too much. You cared too much about what you want to get out of it. Because you viscerally already know that when you detach yourself from what's, what might happen, you're like, you know what? It does make sense that everything else in my life literally is absolutely amazing. So I'm sure this is amazing too. And that's it. And you don't have to look for how it's amazing. You don't have to figure out how it's amazing. Just know that it's a part of the blessings and the process of everything that you're going through right now. That is good. And I know that girl on YouTube, she kind of like makes me, I don't know, her. I'm done. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so glad Abba was like, please, if I, please, if you do anything I ask you right now, just cut this shit off. Like, <laughs> like I just really watch way too many like sermons and, and prophetic messages and it's really, a TikTok is really overwhelming. It's absolutely, no, it's, I, you know, I, this is definitely a time where I just need to be with just me and Yah and what he's got to say to me. Um, and it's extremely important. But sometimes she says things that I'm like, oh, that kind of resonates. And she goes, you know, some of you people think that this kingdom marriage is going to be like the peak of your existence. You've just wanted this for so long. You waited so long. And you guys think that it's just going to be the be. This is it. Nothing close to that. Yah uses the kingdom marriage for the big dog stuff. He uses that marriage to walk in purpose, overcome, overcome mountains. To do, to do the big, the work in life. It's not the, the end goal is not the marriage, which anyone married for a long period of time would understand that, yeah, no, marriage is absolutely not the goal, right? People, when your marriage is the goal, you're actually saying the wedding is the goal, okay? Marriage is not a goal. Marriage is a journey of two people being together and forever freaking changing <laughs> and evolving. And you have to make sure that this thing that you've created, this living thing you've created of a relationship is perpetually evolving and morphing in harmony, cohesiveness together constantly, right? Relationships are a living thing. There's you, him, and then the relationship. And it's, that is so true. So, Marriage is never the goal. Marriage is what I, I when I say I say this in like a whole um Christian point of view. Marriage is now the beginning of a long journey of serving God and obviously glorifying God. So why would you ever think that marriage would be the goal? When you get to a goal, what happens? You're done, right? You fit, you reach the finish line. Well, that you can't have that mentality with marriage because that's how stagnation happens and that's how failure happens and that's how they dissolve and disintegrate and that's how divorce happens, right? So as a kingdom marriage, you're going to go, hey, listen, divorce is not even an option. So don't, don't even, we're not even entertaining that. 
So there. So what are you gonna? The goal is to just be together until you're dead, right? When it comes to, when it comes to marriage. So, but you know, there's more to life, and it's not that marriage isn't important. It really is. I think marriage is is, is huge, a huge blessing and extremely important and purposeful. But um, I really think it's just there to not only glorify the union of you know human and God, but to to be a powerhouse of movement in serving God. I saw that when I saw that video, I got anxiety for like three hours because of myself, like how I was last year, because I've made, I, 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 I can't believe I did it. Like, like, and I didn't do it. You know what's sick? It's like, I didn't do it. And I, and it's so funny. Like, I don't even think anyone would believe me. I really didn't do it. It really was God. It really, really was. Like, I, I, I'm I, going to make a side-by-side -side video. And I'm going to post it. And I have no idea how I'm going to make this video, um, like, present it, meaning. And I don't know what I'm... Maybe also write an article with. I don't know. I'm telling you. But it, it's so important that people see the ginormous difference in a year what god did to my life and he's not done i have improvement with my health to keep going i have improvement with my mentality to keep going i have work with my walk to keep going i'm not done but enough has changed i think ab is telling me like but enough has changed for you to show the world like this is what i could do and i'm not done yet Woo! Oh my God. Yes, I heard it. Woo. Oh, hallelujah. Oh my God. Holy. <laughs> this is what I did and I'm nowhere near finished. I hope everybody, I hope everyone could get to a point where they could push over that mountain of lack of faith and unbelief because it's worth it. It's worth it to hear the leading of the Holy Spirit. It is worth it to hear and know that God loves you, that Jesus loves you. It's, it's worth it to believe that and to feel it. It is so worth it. And I'm so happy that I got over this person enough to feel what I feel right now because that's what's the thing. It's not the person it's how you feel about the situation and the person that blocks you from receiving such a blessing. Your perception, your perception of this experience of this person is influencing you, influencing you negatively. And, and Yahushua is always there, ready to pour his blessings, right? Yahab is there to pour the blessings. Yahushua is there to mediate between God and man. And man, he is there. That's what he is. He's the mediator between. So, so he could bring, so we can have union with God. So dissolving these negative situations, changing our mindset, giving us hope. That's how we get back to God after experiencing something like this. Hope was always a tricky subject for me because 
I have a long history of feeding false hope. And if the fruit of the Holy Spirit is hope, then hope is good. And that means I have to change my perception of hope. Because my perception of hope would be that when it was looking dead and gone, dead, hopeless, useless, no way, odds are against this, statistically this doesn't make sense, logistically this doesn't make sense, I, this is not, this is a hell no. I would still have hope. I've been like this since I was a child, a little girl, and I'm 32 years old, and I'm finally realizing that if, if having false hope is going to make me, if having false hope is going to discourage me from a walk with God, then I've got to fix something here. Because that's what would turn me off from going to God is, is the false hope. I didn't want to take no for an answer. I couldn't take no for an answer. No, there's always a way. There's always a way. No, there's a solution to everything. No, 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 no. There's always a way. At the end of the day, right, Jesus can see what we cannot see. So there will be some things that you just have to get over and let go. And right now I'm on a I'm on a mission to try to figure out when when to hold them and when to fold them. Because when something inside of my body, when I go, listen, hey, you know, let's just wash our hands. It's done, you know, I can't do it, you know, it's whatever. I, I guess it's just not gonna work. And I get that feeling in my body that's like, no. That is not true. That is not true. Is that faith or is that false hope? I don't know. I can't tell you. Because that's, that's the way I've been my whole life. So by being so attached to the outcome and then basing whether that outcome, you get that outcome or not, on basing that that on if God loves you or not, well, then you got a beautiful recipe for disbelief, unfaith, and disaster. I believe that when you, when you, you also have to come to a level of acceptance too. You see, I wasn't ready to accept all the outcomes. I wasn't ready to accept all possible outcomes. It wasn't until I was so disgusted with the situation that I said, you know what, listen, hey, I, I love the guy, you know, I really, I really wish this would work, blah, 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 but dang, that was, that was so freaking disgusting. I, I can't even think about this right now. So that turned me off to even thinking about the situation in general. It helped me to actually just literally let the situation pass away because I didn't even want to entertain it because I was so turned off. So AKA, I wasn't attached to an outcome anymore. And there and in that space started to flow more actual positive things. Like literally I was hearing more positive thoughts, more 
hopeful thoughts, more optimistic thoughts, more supporting thoughts that made me feel viscerally good in my body again. And I had hope again. But again, see, the hope wasn't a, it didn't feel like a, a false hope. False hope will have you begging. False hope will have you feeling on your knees, not in a good way because, you know, Abba can't bring you to your knees in joy and you can go on your knees in humbleness and pray. No, I mean like, you know, at, at, at a mercy of something on your knees kind of thing. The false hope makes you feel um, drained, disempowered. It actually makes you feel hopeless. Think about it. Because in the back of your mind, you think it's a no, but you really hope. So you're, you're kind of not having actual hope. Right? So false hope hurts. It literally hurts your body. And you, you, you're feeling tense. You scrunch up and, you, and you're, it's a heaviness in your chest. Actual hope. Good hope from the from the Holy Spirit. You feel wide. You feel open. Your your chest is open. You you feel happy. You feel hopeful. You believe in something good. So the, there is a difference between false hope and hope, and that is false hope makes you feel desperate and contracted in your body, and hope from God. <laughs> makes you feel open like you can spread your wings and open your chest out to the air and just be happy and be calm and be in acceptance and feel released and feel optimistic and believe in it. So when you have false hope over whether it's a relationship or a situation that you're in, what's happening is you're still very much attached to the outcome. Well, how can I not be attached to the outcome? Of course, I want to get better. Or, of course, I want to be with this person. I know. But it's, it's, if you can just understand, it's about the feeling in your body. Right? Abba knows you want to get better. Abba knows you want to be with this person. Abba knows you want the job. Abba, he know, like, okay, you have to trust that. And exhale, release. Because if you think about it in general, our feelings of contraction, nervousness, worry of God, right? He did not give us a spirit of fear. Literally says multiple times in scripture, do not worry, do not be anxious for nothing. Okay, so it's not... It's not that you have to let go. This is who I'm talking to myself right now. It's not that you have to let go of, you know, the job or the person or it's not that. It's more you have to release the need to control, the need to know the how, the need to get what exactly what you want. And be in that flow of trust. And it sounds so foofy. I, from a type A person, I, it sounds so foofy. I know. But that's where you find peace. I always think of the example when my son's father left me. My son was born in November 2017. He, um, he left me permanently and for good, never looked back. 
I want to say March, March, 2018. Do the math. My son was like three months old, <laughs> like four months old, something like that. And he never looked back. He never, he never took it back. And, and I don't care now, but when I was broken alone and dealing, living in a basement with sleeping on a chair, my son slept on an air mattress that as a four month old, and I was being abused every day by my family. Um, yeah, I did care. <laughs> I cared. I was scared as shit. I was so afraid. I thought I'd also like never really see the guy again. Like intermittently for like, you know, to get child support payments or like things like that. I believe that. I can't get rid of the man now. You guy won't leave me alone. And what I mean by not, not leave me alone, like, um, in the bad way, like he used to be. Like, he's always like, how are you? Do you need anything? Blah, blah, blah. blah. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, does it even matter now? Like, I don't even care. But I don't, I don't have, that's not my predominant energy. That's not my predominant, um, attitude towards the situation. I have an attitude of gratitude. And I can tell you that it sounds corny, but I do. Right? Cool. Thank God. Yay. Peace. Peace at last. And that's it. I don't, I, I don't wallow in bitterness, resentment, or unforgiveness. I couldn't care less. Because the, the point is that the situation changed. And I was, at that time, I was so attached to the outcome. I was like, oh my God, if, if we're not together, where am I going to live? Where, how am I going to take care of this baby? I don't have any money for this baby. I have nowhere to live. I don't even have a home. Oh my God, I don't have a bed. I was losing it. Losing it. Had to figure everything out. In one shot. It was the most beautiful thing that could have ever happened to me and my son. By this man choosing not to be with me, I then started to receive child support payments because we weren't living together. When obviously if I was living with him, I would not be getting child support payments. Okay. In getting child support payments, I learned, I dove into becoming financially savvy, educating myself, being diligent and focused. I saved up thousands of dollars. I saved up everything I could. And I, and it took a long time because the man didn't, wasn't always making the money he makes today. So the child support payments were like dust at first. And then as he got raises, I got raises basically. And then I started saving more and more money. And I finally saved up enough money to leave and move to another state and have a new life for my son. And everything that I have today, the home and all the cool things that I have and the things that I do for myself and the places I go and the places my son goes and the thing, it's all because that man left me. It's all because he, I look at it now as, dang, a blessing of release. So if I had been boo-hooing for a long time, let's just say uh, two years into the breakup, I think we've been broken up for like three, almost four years now, something like that. If, if about two years into the breakup, I'm still boo-hooing about him leaving me, dang, I'm something small at that point. Thinking small. Who gives a shit? Who cares? That was, that's a really, I basically chose a really extended and long way to explain that when you think something's happening and it's bad, 
you probably have no idea how good it is. And you're not going to believe it until you see it. If you are anything like how I, I'm going to use it as past tense, right? Anything how I was, you are not going to believe it until you see it. Where's the proof? Look at all the terrible things that has happened. What, how is this going to change my life? But you know what? It did. It saved my life. So not only did I get everything I wanted because he dipped out on me, but the man wound up changing. It took five years. I don't give a shit. He's still selfish and narcissistic and shallow and, you know, and all these things. I don't really feel like tearing him apart right now, but he is still not a A1 human being. But, I mean, who am I to judge? I, I release myself from judging. I really don't want to do that. But the point is, is that, you know, and he still is not, like, he would not be good in a relationship with anybody, not even just me. He's very just not, I don't even want to go into it. The point, the point of what I'm saying is that, he didn't change completely, but the dynamic of our relationship changed. So not only did I get everything I ever wanted from him doing that, but I got his support as well somehow. Through all that, I got his support too. The entire thing worked itself out. And when you are going through situations, you want it to work out now or in three, four, six months. But sometimes, baby girl, it is going to take a while for that shit to manifest. It's going to take a while for you to look back and have that 2020 vision of like, whoa. Whoa. Oh, my God. You're going to be in amazement. Y'all work slow. He's not in a rush. You're in a rush. Dang. I get into preach mode. One of my coaches I used to work with, was like, don't think of it as preach mode. Think of it as adding value to other people. I'm like, it's a little preachy. I could definitely talk with more like nurturing and more like gentleness. But once I get that like fiery passion, I'm just, I'm just there on my soapbox. It's crazy. But I guess that's why I do this, right? But um, my goal is to continue walking a path of repentance. And like right now, I curse just a few few times during this and I'm like dang like I, I I it's just a habit I have to get out of but I, I see the thing is it was a habit I was out of right so you have to make and then it was the, what was being what was being filled in my mind that I was allowing myself to like speak like that these I wouldn't say it's sinful but the point is that you know you want to edify yourself you want to be the best version of yourself so if you, if you as a woman you want to stop cursing and that's it for you, then do it. If, if you want to be a woman that curses all the time, then it is what it is. I just don't suggest it spiritually, but otherwise, it is what it is. You know, you have to, you have to be, you have to just be what you truly feel, what resonates with you, the best version of yourself. Do that for God. What are you convicted with? If cursing convicts you, then don't do it. If it doesn't convict you, then it is what it is. Fine. And it doesn't convict you for a reason, or maybe it doesn't now, and it will eventually. Who knows? It doesn't matter. The point is that you know, Abba takes these steps on your journey towards edification and sanctification. You know, like I was just, I was just thinking right now about the women in my Bible group. They were telling me, um, they were like, yeah, you know, you should make a podcast and talk about, um, you know, like how we want to, you know, find godly husbands, influence our children and, you know, the struggles of doing this by ourselves and it's like, I can go on for days. 
go on for days because everyone's situation is so unique. There are people having experiences right now that, right, their spouse, their ex or baby daddy left them and they still can't see the benefit from it, right? The benefit is not, has not shown itself to the forefront of your life yet. Then there's people like me where, yes, uh, uh, took four years, took four years, okay? But now I am seeing the benefits of it. I am seeing the benefits of, right, the baby daddy or the ex, right, the spouse leaving. So what I want to say to women who are, who don't see it yet is that that journey and that experience has not come to fulfillment. The purpose of that experience has not come to fulfillment. In my period of time waiting to see the benefit of that person leaving, leaving me with a child alone and broke, during that period, I had no idea that I was, what I was learning, what I, now again, you know, it's not just all, it is all God, but you have to participate. Faith without works is dead. You got to move with them. Can't be passive. So what I was doing was I was educating myself. I was working on self-development and self-improvement. I was working on educating myself about being financially savvy and stable. I was educating myself on how to have my own business. And that takes years. If you really think that getting a college degree in business is going to make you good at business, you are so, you are sadly mistaken. Am I saying it's useless? I don't think it's useless. No, it's not useless to have that degree. But really, honestly, you, you need real life experience. So during of my time in the pit, I was reading, 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 reading. Researching, 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 trying out different methods, trying out different ways, trying to network, trying to f become healthier in an emotional and mental way. I couldn't do it in a physical way. I was recovering from a major surgery. I was sleeping on a chair and I was getting absolutely no sleep from taking care of a baby. It was not going to happen. That's why my body crashed in July of 2020, because it finally had enough of being abandoned and neglected. And I didn't do it out of self-sabotage or self-hate or because I was making mistakes. I did it out of survival and necessity. And that is something I'm going to have to talk about one day because, I mean, you cannot talk about domestic violence without talking about survival mode, baby. You can't. We all know it. No other scarier place to be. That is where Satan wants you. He, oh, I'm going to hold back. That is where he wants you. He wants you to be in survival mode because then you can't thrive in the kingdom. You got to wait till as soon as you, but he's better be scared because the minute you're back on your feet, you are a weapon of, of, you are going to be a weapon against the kingdom of darkness. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's why he don't want you on your feet. That's why he keeps you down. That's why he kicks you while you're down. I don't care how cliche the term kingdom marriages I couldn't care less there are things where I'm like all right that's a little much like you know when people go season of singleness whatever that's a little foofy for me I don't like but kingdom marriages that's a thing two people coming together and being a weapon against darkness yes that is a thing and that is powerful so when you are going through all that 
You have no idea that you are being, your testimony is happening. Your perseverance is being built. Because to even pick yourself up, because your body will crash. If it goes on long enough, your body will crash. I, I want, there are a lot of people, their body doesn't crash. And they just kind of have like, you know, a little bit of PTSD and they got to get some mental help and that's it. You know, we all need the help. What happened to me was that it actually um, embedded into my nervous system and crashed the whole damn body. So like, like immobile couch ridden for months. So you, and then, and then to come back from that one can only be done for, you know, for God, by the grace of God, with God, period. But not only does that add to your testimony, it helps you go, I cannot believe I even bothered. Because remember, I always was praying to get better. And I didn't get better until I gave it my full focus. And I believed with all my heart and soul that Jesus healed my body. That he did it. That he was doing it. And he did it because I said, I know you're going to do it. Because I know you have a purpose for me. I know that I didn't come this far to stay here. I know that you gave me this baby, that you gave me this lesson, that you gave me this path because I have something to do. And I don't know, it was just like a boop. It just was like a, a key. I don't know what I did. But there it was, and I, I was just getting better. Because I said, I'm determined to get better because I'm determined to serve you. I'm determined to get better because I am born for this purpose, which means if your will will be done in my life. During that time in the pit, during that time where you cannot see the benefit of this person leaving, I'm not talking about like my situation is different, right? Now I'm like, I feel like dating now is like a luxury, you know? So if someone leaves, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> you know, you kind of get like, oh dang, <laughs> like whatever. But I'm talking about when you're knocked up by a guy, broken alone, he's super abusive, he leaves you. That is a totally different situation than like you date some dude that you think is mad hot and then it doesn't, if it, you know, then you get, go through problems. Uh, it's different. It's really, it really is a different vibe. So I, when I'm talking to the woman who's in the pit and you don't know that while you're in the pit, that one, I mean, rarely, I mean, I hope you do. I do hope you go from the pit to the palace. But right, what happened to Joseph? He went from the pit to the prison to the palace. You need to understand that this is a process before you get to the, the peak of your existence here. When you get to the, the end of the story, it's a process. I'm not going to tell you to sit and be patient. Survival mode, patience, you're kidding, right? No, I'm not going to tell you that. But what I am going to tell you is that it is not false hope if you have hope that this is going to end someday. It's not false hope. But you have to, please listen to me when I tell you that you have to get up and do something. I don't mean literally physically because I'm sure that you're physically affected at this point. If you've been going through this long enough, your body is probably like, like help me, like screaming, help me. I mean, be proactive in the mind, in your research, in actionable steps that you can take to escape. And I'm not saying like, okay, 
I know I need money to escape. How do I get, uh, how do I get money? Well, I can't leave the house. You know, I have no money for childcare. What am I going to do? Okay. Community resources. Maybe you could go on all the Instagram accounts that you can find. There's so many people that are giving away free information. Go on YouTube and watch video after video of how you can make money from home. That's what I did. Not much worked out for me. But I really, I will tell you right now, I, I know this will change someday, but I'm just talking about a current place that I'm at. I know I definitely have a stronghold there when it comes to finances. And I am, I'm working on it, but I believe that it has worked for thousands, hundreds of thousands of people and working from home is 110% totally possible. Even me with someone who has struggled has found clients and everything like that. So you, it's, it's possible but it's not gonna be easy. It's a lot of work and I pray, I pray more than anything that you have way more luck than I did. And even though I was working on no luck, even though I had, I was shit, had a luck, I had no luck, somehow it worked out for me. Somehow I was provided for. I was at a point where I was living at my friend's house for a month and she couldn't deal with it anymore because she had like, she had two kids, a husband. She had like a, a narcissistic mother herself. Like she was really bombarded. She couldn't take it. She couldn't have the whole situation around her anymore. And I had to leave. I was literally on my way to Manhattan with my baby to go to a shelter, finally going, wow, I've been fighting for years to avoid the shelter system. And I, I got to just give in. I just got to go. And my son's father said, fine, okay, you can move back in with me. Yo, he, guys, you, you really don't know the hell, the hellish decision that was. But I had to. I had to. I know that in the, in the New York City shelter system, anybody that's from New York will know that is not a joke. That is one of the dangerous, most dangerous places to be, period. And I was going to do that with, with a two-year-old, 95-pound 95, 95 white girl and, and a two-year-old baby. Yeah, okay. Okay. No. No way. I, was, I, I used to, I would volunteer at homeless shelters because that's my passion and it still is. Literally would do it for free. For, I, I couldn't care less. But I, I will never forget what I saw. I will never forget, I, can't, I don't want to talk about it right now, it's, too, it's really heavy, but the point is, is that it is a place where you, get, you do get stabbed, you do get raped, you do get things stolen from you. It is true that people would sleep in the subway just to avoid the shelter. So I had to go back into abuse with my son's father, walk right back into the gates of hell, to avoid actual death and go right back into that shit again. Again. And yes, I was abused again and over and over and over and over. But it was luckily my last time because around October, right? I think I moved back in with him. March of 2020, because that was uh, October 2019. March of 2020. We all know what March of 2020 was. Okay. And thank God for quarantine, because I said, I cannot be quarantined with you. You're going to kill me. I knew he was going to choke me to death and fucking kill me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. He was, I knew he was going to kill me. So 
I left and lived with my parents, which was hell, but I knew I was like, it was more like psychological terrorism. So at least I knew I was physically safe, but I wasn't physically well because, you know, when you're being like seriously abused and no, you can't shower here and there and no, you can't use the kitchen. No, you can't cook food. I mean, come on, I'm still being like abused physically, but it was totally, it was just different than at the hands of a fucking 300 pound man. So whatever. Um, so... And that's when things really changed for me. I didn't know, um, but I think from, what was it, March to July of 2020, you know, um, again, I continued to save as much child support as I could, you know, find more work online, whatever, and that was it. And I left, and I left, and I was finally free. I was finally free, and... Um, Somehow this came, this is not even like my full story. I don't know how I started talking about this. I don't know. But um, the point of what I'm saying is that throughout that whole process, I didn't know how it was going to work. Throughout that whole process, I thought it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And it technically was, and only by the grace of God. And I, I can't, listen, I got nothing else to say except it is by the grace of God that my body healed. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I am having a situation and I'm stressed out and I'm cheating on my diet, I'm going to the bakery and I'm eating cupcakes and donuts and, and I'm have, like, I have like this you know, episode because something really, really triggering happened to me. It's very brief. It's a day or two. But that day or two feels like two months on my body. That's the problem, you see. That's the thing with Satan, is that he doesn't want to kill you. He wants to exhaust you. So when shit gets real, you're not strong enough to fight. When shit gets real, you're not strong enough as a weapon against the kingdom of darkness to be of any threat anymore. I know that, especially as a teenager, right, we all pray for the times that when you're upset over a dude, it only takes 48 hours to get over him. And I'm blessed. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like 48 hours on my body. It feels like I just got hit by a truck and now I got to recover for a week. Even though my mind is way over it and way over the situation now, my body is like, oh no, we were stressed out. You were crying all day. Like, so your domestic violence, stress, trauma, PTSD, these things really take a toll on your nervous system and your body. So now I, I feel sick when I'm not sick. So that's why another thing I want to heed warning when, when you're going through this, you're not going to think that you can do any self-care. You're not like me. I literally had no access two things. I had no access to taking a bed. I had no access for years. If you are not as in an extreme situation as me and you're just living with your, you're in, you feel like you're down and out because you're living with your parents, but your, but your mom does watch the baby and you know, yeah, they may be annoying, but it's not like abusive. You know, if you're just in a down and out situation, you're not dealing with death, abuse, neglect, like a band, oh, you're not dealing with like the heavy, heavy stuff. You're basically at a shelter system. If you're not in that situation, you're just in a down and out situation, but it's still your pit season, please, 
I implore you more than anything, do not underestimate self-care. I don't care what you had to do with your child that day. Get in a bath that night. I don't care if it's 1130 at night. I do not care. You, I can promise you, I'm telling you, I'm not, I can promise you, you will regret it if you don't. Because whatever you don't do for yourself, you're going to pay the price later on. Your body, there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. Your body has cellular memory of what is happening to you. And it's not letting it go, sis. That's why you have trauma. You wouldn't have trauma if it was perpetually releasing what was coming in, the releasing the bad. It's all stored up. It's in you. And you've got to release it. And how are you going to release it? Self-care. It's more, yes, yes, it's more than bubble baths and massages. But that's why I'm going to create a website that actually gives people the resources of how to physically remove the trauma out of your cells and your tissues of your body. You get it out of your mind. You get it out of your soul, right? You, you go to God, you get it out of your soul. You go to read these books, you get it out of your mind. You do certain therapies, get it out of your mind. And then you do certain techniques and you get out of your body. Because here's a little fact. Demons need a place to live. They roam the earth because they need a host. Do you want to host them? Then you have to create an environment that they don't like. And they're not going to leave easy because where are they going to go? Back to hell. Where do you think they're going to go? You ever watch when, when Jesus cast the demons into the pigs, why did they rather be cast into pigs? Because they didn't want to go back where they came from. So you have to understand that you got to go, listen, I don't care where you go, but you got to get the hell out of here. And that's what you got to say to these demons. That's what you got to say to your trauma. I will never tell anybody, don't worry, it gets better. I will never tell anybody, just hang in there a little more. You know, God's teaching you perseverance. I will never say that to anybody. That is a very invalidating and mean thing to say to somebody. That person can't see five feet ahead of them. That is wrong to say that. And who says that they're going to get to the palace just because you did? Who says? Right? That's their mentality. Okay, that was for you, but who says it's for me? As a child of God, we, are, we have to believe that that is our portion. We have to believe that the word is true for us too. It's true for her. It's true for him. It's true for me too. And I'm talking to myself right now. It's not easy to believe at all. But I want to say something right now. This is what got me on this thing right now. Is that but having unbelief and having lack of faith, that's true misery. I've been in and out multiple times to know that God really is peace. He really is peace. And when you, as you wrestle with the spirit of undoubt and disbelief, it's literally the spirit of doubt and disbelief. It is literally because you're wrestling with one, the acceptance of your situation, the understanding of your situation. It's pretty hard. It's a little too much for you to grasp right now. And you're just your basic emotions and perception around what's happening to you. Because there's one thing that is a fact is that his love endures forever. 
Great is his faithfulness. These are facts. And these are facts that you have to speak over your situation. Again, talking to myself. It's not, I don't want to be a hypocrite. It's not easy to do. But I know it's true. And letting go is a part of that process. And there's nothing, I am, I am, besides the devil himself, there's nothing more sick of that I am of the lesson of learning to let go. I have had to let go of so many things in my life, situations and people, that is, it's maddening to me. But, you know, here I am. And I just got to keep doing it. And I have to keep re-returning re back to that state where I'm like, no, nah, all's good, all's well. It's well with my soul. All right. Perpetually, like a revolving door, keeping myself in that place. And also letting go of guilt quicker when I fall out of that place. Because once I come back in, I'm feeling guilty that I even didn't believe that everything was going to be okay. But it's like, pfft. Live my life. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, hope, I hope this helped something. And, you know, I, I don't really like talking to myself. I really like a, a conversation. So if anybody has anything to say, I'm more than happy to discuss it with you because I like to, one, not only bounce ideas, you know, with other people, and discuss things, but also um, I love seeing, I love seeing hearing other people's perception because I believe that all of us have a piece of God's perception in us. And there's not only, yes, there's only one way to God and that is through Jesus, but I believe that there's many paths to Jesus, right? There are many, many different situ situations and scenarios that people have been in that have led them to Jesus. So I feel like all of our testimonies and all of our perceptions and our opinions, they're all pieces of, you know, the Holy Spirit that's in us. So yeah, I would love to hear it. So thank you guys for listening to the whole shabil. And um, I hope you enjoy your day and you have a great day.